off, but I'm still in like I'm filmic. But you still stick living for these real quick for the music. Get the meal quick to the table. Get your filter. Can't remember how to feel shit. Take a real hit to the ego. Feel sick, no placebo. Now that real shit you said you people make you real sick. Play the people. Now that hell shit becoming lethal. Hey, see I've been falling back. Watch a game from a distance. No please, oh bees from the children. Uh, no fees, cold feet when it's finished. Uh, no peace in the streets that we live in. I can't say shit that'll make y'all change. So I'ma stay rich in this good y'all claim. Ever rich in the cut, it's a wrap. Ain't talking about the cash, but we keep it in the bag, no cash. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Forever Rich Podcast. This is your boy, A.B. Guapo, reporting live from a random hotel in South Carolina. Yes, I've taken the show on the road, and I've decided to ask, you know, go around and ask people how they feel about the Forever Rich Podcast. And uh, yeah, it was all positive feedback. Maybe I'll post a video. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Who knows? But how you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. The week was... A challenging one. I finally started to get back into the gym, you know, and get. I could tell I'm getting old, bro. Like you know, your body just like, oh fuck, bro, my back, my knee, oh shit. So you know, I'm uh, doing good. You know, yeah, Ravens on this new uh, trainer plan. So, you know, by by default, I have to you know go on the journey with her because you know you can't do something by yourself. So I'm out here starving myself. I can't eat no 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 junk food until our cheat day and i don't even know when it is so i'm struggling g i'm struggling mm, but no you know, everything's good you know it's typical you know they got to bring you down you know you, you you out here trying to be great you know eating you g- yes you just can't be great you know now you got to go on the diet i'm like wait yeah. well, i gotta go on the diet maybe i like having a pudge you know maybe i yeah. like having the dad bod Dad bods are in right now, you know. Right, you know what I'm saying. Like you go to the club with your stomach hanging out, you know what I'm saying. You, three girls might come up to you and be like, "What's up, daddy?" Yeah. But, I, I, I go back to six pack form, then you know the the whole world gravitates, and then she gonna be mad. But <clears throat> like, hey, it's your fault. You made me go through this, you know, struggle this transformation. With you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you turned you turned me into the butterfly, the caterpillar from the butterfly. Yeah, I was happy being just the caterpillar, you know, just typical average Joe. Now you made me back to my my uh my golden Frieza, you know. I'm just out here, my <laughs> yeah, just, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, week's good. Everything's good. That's good. That's good, man. But if y'all if y'all haven't noticed yet, we have a, a guest today on the Forever Rich podcast, the first one of season four. Yeah, we it took us all the way to the finale. To get one you know but we 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 had to vet through you know there were so many people being like oh man you know i want to get on i want to talk i want to talk we we're like no 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 we got it we have to have the right person it took us all the way to the season finale but we got my girl monica here from the soft life podcast uh tell you introduce yourself to the people hey y'all i'm monica from the soft life me podcast Damn, you got the name wrong. You already the started soft, off on a bad Sure, baby. already started off wrong. The Soft Life Me podcast. My community of uh, feminine women, soft women, smart, intelligent women. We're okay. coming to y'all bringing in a new perspective. So I'm excited to see what y'all got in store for me. What kind of arguments we about to have, what kind of debates. There's no arguments. 
there's just heavy discussions. That's all it is. It's all love and game, you know? All love. Okay. Yeah, no arguments. I mean, AB's wrong 95% of the time anyway. Huh? I said AB's wrong 95% of the time anyway. So, I mean, there's really no arguments. Yeah. He thought last episode was the final episode. You ain't got nothing to say, A.B.? Nah, I, I was confused because I had my weeks messed up, you know, and uh, so I miscounted. So, yeah, that was my bad. You know, I am human. And I know it doesn't look like it or seem like it sometimes, but yeah. Then, I, yeah. then you thought G- Geno Smith was on what team again? What I say? I said the Saints. Yeah, some Jameis like Winston, Geno Smith, same player. Same player doesn't even matter. I mean, they both uh, throw interceptions and and incompletions and fumbles. Oh, uh, so okay. So uh, I, don't don't be mad at me because y'all's favorite player, you know, is trash, like Baker Mayfield. Okay, just mm-hmm. had to throw that one in there. You know, I'm actually since I'm in the Carolinas, I might just have to pull up on him. I want him to know. I want him to know, like in person, he's trash. Yeah, right. You're gonna see him be like Baker. You, I got your Browns jersey. Can I? Can you swap it out for me real quick, please, and sign it? I need you to sign it. <laughs> I do. Maybe I should get him to sign it. So, like, I'll be like, man, I got the autograph of one of the worst quarterback seasons of all time. My man's averaging a 15 QBR. The Mahomes QBR averaging, not one game, not like last Monday with Russ. Like a single game, though. He's been playing trash all year. That's your boy, though. Uh, but the whole year, 15 QBR. I like Russ, but that's not my boy. Joey Ice and Cincy is my boy. And then, of course, the GOAT. I don't know where you, oh, what so you information you're abandoning. Again. You're abandoning in Russ. You used to say in Russ, we trust all the time. Yeah, because he's. A, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know what the fuck's going on this season. I don't know if the mile high air up there is fucking with him, or you know the churches ain't going. You know he ain't found Jesus up there or some shit. But he's playing horrible. And Russ, we trust. You know, let Russ cook is what they say. Bronco yeah. country, let's ride. <laughs> they're they, they riding real hard right now, though. You know, that road's real they, bumpy. You know, like when you go to someone, like you go to a coworker, uh, barbecue or something like that, and you're like, "Oh, what you cooking?" And then they, everything that they sound sounds fire. And then you get there and you look at the food and be like, "What the fuck is this?" That's that let Russ cook this season, bro. Like I don't know if it's just because it was out. He was out in Seattle where it was like a whole bunch of fish and shit. And then he comes into a mountain country where they're cooking deer or whatever. And he just don't know what he's doing, and so I don't know. But it's sad yeah, to you see. Know, I got. I got bamboozled yesterday, actually, the story. Uh, so we went to this uh, chicken place. It was supposed to be a chicken place. It was called, like, Cajun Wings. So, you know, you know me, I like wings, you know, so we go to the Cajun Wings spot. And, you know, it had potential, right, because, you know, it had the it had the cashier was surrounded in the metal, and you had to talk through the little thing, you know, you ordered it, be like, you'd be like, uh, can I get a uh, six-piece wing with the uh, – with with the rice on the side, and the lady was like, "Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want what kind of rice you want? You know, fried rice, Cajun fried rice." I was like, "Oh, oh they got options." Yeah, let me get the uh, get, let me get the fried rice. So the food came. They got bamboozled, bamboozled. 
first of all, the place had four point like seven star ratings. So I was like, oh, the food gonna be heat. I'm talking through the to the telecom prompter. The shit was just some Chinese restaurant <laughs> masquerading as a Cajun restaurant, and it was just so it was just so bad. The food was so bad. So yeah, I know the feeling. Russ cooking was just like that Cajun place. That's basically what I'm what I'm how I'm feeling. So I had to go and leave and bad reviews under all the good reviews so that they know that their reviews were cat, cat reviews, cat reviews. But if you if you actually looked at the reviews, those were deceiving because they were given like five stars, but they were saying the rice is dry, it's too salty. If you want to have a heart attack, then eat the chicken. Like, <laughs> it didn't make sense. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you yesterday over the phone. I was like, it's probably locals that probably just love going to that restaurant. You know, or some people that like think mayonnaise is spicy or some shit to where they're like when it goes to like a, a hole in the wall joint that they'd be like, damn, that shit was good. And it's like, nah, you just never had actual authentic motherfucking wings before. Yeah, it, it was like that. But my thing is like, okay, if you're going to say something's nasty, right? Are you going to leave a review that says chicken was soggy? Why, why are you giving it five stars then? It doesn't even make any sense. Do you go to a restaurant and be like, damn, I had this nasty ass burrito and then go on Google and leave a five star review like burrito was nasty. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. Like that's how you know we're in some like backwoods country town because they just leaving good reviews on nasty food. I blame you because if you actually would have read those reviews before you would have went to the restaurant, I feel like you wouldn't have wasted your time. You're always trying to blame me for something, bro. Like I'm just it's saying, not like always my fault. You, you know, said that I can't you said that it had good reviews. Control. You said it had good reviews. It did. That it, it did. But if you would have read the actual reviews, then you would have been like, mm, "This is sus." Nah, the the the, the reviews else. was like was down. They was like way down. I wasn't going to read all 400 of them. I just read like maybe five or six. I was like, okay. Food was good. Food was great. Food was good. Wings was delicious. Then, no, you got to like 30 and they were like, food was salty. Nasty wings. <laughs> Five stars, though. It was, <laughs> that's, I, I, don't, I don't understand. So you got to, when you click on the reviews, when it has the stars, you got to click it to see how many people actually put it as like five stars, four stars, three stars. But that was the part, the weird part, is they were all five stars. Anyways, I, I digress. Yeah. Russ is, Russ, let Russ cook is basically the same thing as that Cajun wing place. Don't go there. So and don't let Russ lead your team to a two and four. What are they? Two and one and three? Something. Two and three. Two and three start with some terrible play. No touchdowns on a Monday night game. That's, that's not a good start. Once again, you're wrong. It was a Thursday night game, but we'll, we'll keep that. Thursday night, Monday night, mm, don't matter. He was trash. Mm. Anyway, so we got a good show for you guys. We're going to hear a lot from Monica today and obviously going to get some opinions on some controversial topics. But uh, we're going to start off with one that we are very interested in here, uh, and that's the federal pardon of weed uh, charges um, that Joe Biden just passed. Uh uh, let me pull up the article. Or do you actually already have it up by no, chance? I can pull it up though. 
I don't think and it I is. I said when I ran for president. Yeah, it's not an article. It's just a a video. Uh, it's just him talking. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, so Joe Biden trying to pardon thousands of people uh, for federal weed uh, charges, allegations, people who are in jail. Um, if you guys have any type of uh, knowledge or know-how, there's a lot of people who go to jail for uh, weed charges. Um, very minor crime, especially with a lot of the hard drugs out there that kind of go untouched, like cocaine and things like that. But um, so it's we're definitely getting into a new era of um, acceptableness. You know, there's a lot of states who have started legalizing marijuana just for recreational use. California, Colorado, uh, Florida has medical. Pennsylvania's medical. A lot of states have the medical use. A lot of states are transitioning to recreational use. So it's it's a different time we live in compared to where it was villainized back in the 70s, 80s. Um, so do you think that, I guess I will start with uh, King Diamond Eye, do you think that these pardons are going to be a good thing? Obviously, these people are going to get out of jail, but what do you think the cultural, uh, especially in the Black community, what do you think the cultural shift is going to be for us? Is this going to be something that's really going to help us, or is this something that's going to be a hindrance to us? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I think it's going to be a blessing that, you know, people that have been in jail for something so minor in most people's eyes, you know, you're, of course, you're going to get people that are be like sitting there saying that weed is a gateway drug and this, this and that. But I mean, you're going to get those people finally home and in jail. But on the contrary, that some of these people have been institutionalized in prison for so long over something so minor that, you know, they're not going to be able to function properly into the, the regular world. When you spend in like years in jail, you know, especially when you like fifth, you know, a lot of these corner boys and whatever, like 15, 16, 17 years old, uh, when you spend years in jail, I mean, you kind of adapt to your environment. So, you're going to treat, you're going to act like, you know, the whole world is just like how it is in prison. Like, I mean, to a certain extent, I know you're going to be a lot, you're going to have more freedom, but at the same time, like your mindset, your thought process is still going to be like while you were in, in the joint. So I feel like it's a step forward, but I think you need to do some counseling and some, uh, some guidance counseling for some of these people that are getting out of jail because, you know, their whole life's changed. I think for the people that are already been out, they've been trying to get jobs and just can't because of the charge. I think that's a, a breath of fresh air for them because now, you know, that's not going to hinder for the most part, that's not going to hinder them from getting a job. I mean, some people are still going to look at it and be like, Oh, well you went to jail. Um, but if it's, if it's being pardoned, it should get removed from their record. So if it's removed from the record, then and you got a clean record. It should be able to get a lot of brothers and sisters jobs that they couldn't get uh, previous to this announcement. So they're getting pardoned on the national level. That means federal, not state. And with that being said, since it's on the federal level, there's no one imprisoned solely for having marijuana. So the idea of pardoning these people is great. But if you think about the bigger picture, 
pardoning them on the federal level means that they can't be discriminated against when it comes to their jobs, when it comes to housing, when it comes to education. So if we're talking about if we're trying to get people out on the state level, it's not actually going to do that much for them. Like nobody is getting imprisoned solely for having marijuana. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Um, I feel like, truth, truthfully, it's a publicity stunt for the most part. Um, like she said, there really isn't anyone in there solely just being accused of like, oh, you had marijuana. I mean, there are a few marijuana possessions. And I agree with you as well, Malcolm, where it's like you're going to have people who are probably going to get out and be lost in the world. But um where the black community needs help, I mean, like, it definitely drugs, but I just don't feel like we have a overwhelming amount of people who are in there solely because they had weed. You know, a lot of these people probably have um, drug charges for attention to sell and stuff like that. Like, and so I have to see more so uh, what, who are they pardoning? Are they pardoning just people with possession? Are they parting people with attempting to sell it? Are they parting people, you know, and that's where where we'll see the biggest change or the biggest reaction or the biggest uh, groups of folks who are affected um, that because, like I said, like we know the black community is very gang related, very gang oriented, especially uneducated ones. That that's usually the options that they choose uh, that they can't go to school. You know, they go to uh they join gangs or they join in bad neighborhoods, bad groups, bad crowds. And what do these people do? They push drugs, they sell drugs, they they do that. And as a black community, we glorify that a lot too, because we, uh, what are some of the most prominent black community TV shows? Power. What is power about? All about selling drugs, killing people, you know? And that's, I think it starts more so there than it does with, uh, with like Biden or any person in office trying to just be like, hey, you know, you guys are free from this. It's kind of like not on the same level, but it's also kind of like when they abolish slavery, right? We, as black people, we were enslaved, right? And now we're free, but there's just a host more of all these other problems that came with just being like, hey, yeah, y'all are free now. Go, go out, go forth and be great. How can we be great when we don't know anything? We don't know where we're at. We don't know, you know, and that's where I feel like, you know, you're going to pardon all these people, let them out, and you're just going to set them on a road to some success, but maybe more failure than anything. I mean, do you all agree? That's why I was saying they need, like, guiding counselors and shit before being released, <clears throat> before, uh, or, you know, they need, um, non-profit organizations that go into these communities and help those people that, you know, have been ignored because they had a federal charge of drug possession or something like that and help them build resumes and, and get them to do proper interviews and shit like that. Because at the end of the day, it may not on a global level or a, a national level, but in most states, like if you have a if you have possession of marijuana, it, it's uh, was it class A, class one, class A drug. So it's just like having cocaine, where you're gonna get two or three years. Some people get f more than that. I think uh, 
seen in some states it's like 10 years just for some weed so um this being a federal i, I guess they're gonna also try to have it to drop it to where it's not a class a drug which will help a lot of people on the state side because even though federally that's where it screws a lot of people i mean states they all have their own own, own uh point of views on it but if you're on the federal side um that's where they they get most of most people is on the federal side of law um doing the research and everything drugs is marijuana legalization is a a big push because so many people are going to jail for it um and it, it's small possession it's big possessions but they treat marijuana worse than they treat having fentanyl and shit like that so i mean it's to each their own but i definitely think you can't just you can't just release a whole bunch of dogs out of a pound and expect them to live glorious lives of course you're gonna have to you know find some some uh some programs and create some that which will create more jobs which we all definitely need but you're gonna have to build something you can't just make this law on the next thing think that the whole world's gonna be peachy afterwards is that what the halfway houses are like are they there like as like a like a job placement type thing like who's in charge of halfway houses is that connected to like a state a state funded and halfway houses just basically trying to get criminals to it's kind of like a kind of like a probation house where like you're on probation or whatever and these houses house you because you have nowhere to go and then it just helps you create try to create you know that system but it's broken as well the whole criminal justice system is trash but that's neither here nor there Yeah, that's a, a topic that we could go hours on the criminal justice system. But hopefully these people, whoever they are that are going to get out, um, they have uh, at least some type of resources uh, possibly handed to them. Um, government resources can sometimes be traps. So it, you just got to be careful, guys. Uh, if you're out there trying to get some, if you're one of the people that get party and get released, you know, uh, pretty do your research before you, because uh, some of that stuff sometimes puts you in worse situations than others. Um, but also, you know, people who are getting pardoned who may already be free, you know, the, this is an opportunity for you guys to really uh, improve yourself. You know, don't use this to get on other crutches that the government provides such as food stamps social and, and stuff like that because if you have drug charges also another thing is that a lot of people were getting rejected from unemployment and food stamps and stuff like that and section eight because they have these drug charges um but a lot of that time it gets get you in the loop a cycle you know i wrote a when i was in college i wrote a whole paper on the uh, welfare system and how it really is just a loop you know, you get on Section 8, and Section 8 gets you on food stamps. Food stamps get you on EBTs and uh, stuff like that. And you never really ever get away from that stuff. You just get deeper into it. So um, this is this is good, but it can't be bad if you don't know what you're doing. So just be aware, be prepared, and just make sure you're doing your research on what's out there. For real, for real. Um, I just think that 
some people are out there just gonna, you know, like you said, they're just gonna go from bounce from one demon to another. Um, but I did, I think that it just, uh, I feel like it's one step closer to them finally decriminalizing marijuana altogether, and then it's just gonna be like, all right, we're finally here. Um, but I think that the Biden administration is only doing this because for the last couple of months, they have not been, in my personal opinion, haven't been looking good in the public's eyes. So it's just like, a, hey, here you go. Like, we are saying we're doing some some of the stuff that we said we were going to do. And then so now it's just like, here you go. Here's a rule. Yeah, I definitely think this is a this is a, a way to try to get the black vote. Definitely. Um who is marijuana primarily associated with the black community who are you primarily supposedly helping doing this the black community so who are you more likely to come back and vote for you next year the black community which is one of big biden's big you know running stances of the 2020 election was you know black people are going to vote for me because trump didn't do anything for you guys so just you know you always just got to be careful you know when you see things like this sometimes things are too good to be true um, or they may not have the most positive intentions behind it. Or they put it in stone now, but it takes like three or four years to do it to by the time he's out of office, if he's out of office next uh, campaign, then it it gets fucking swept under the rug because the next campaign don't want that or, you know, they didn't agree to it. So they're just going to be like, all right, yeah, we're going to get rid of that shit. Hit him with the okie doke. Yeah, and it's actually, now that I think about it, it's kind of funny because Camilla, the vice president, it was very hard on drugs when she was uh, a district attorney. Um, that's That was like one of her uh, talking points or the people who didn't like her, you know, she was like really hard on drugs. So to see the kind of like her getting into presidency and kind of her, her mindset change, or I guess not mindset change, but allow something like this, you know, is actually counterintuitive and this is why sometimes people be saying you know politics are wishy-washy it's never about the people it's always just about you getting to the next level and then when you at the next level then you're like oh shit i gotta change boat because a lot of people be posting uh videos of joe biden back in the days talking about black communities and this this and that and now all of a sudden he's he's pro-black you know so you got to do what you got to do to to get where you want to go But absolutely, you guys, absolutely, you guys see a day where they finally just legalize marijuana? Yeah, it's coming. I I don't think that it would be. It's not going to be a mass. They're just going to let every state do it individually, so that the federal government can be like, um, hey, you know, it's up to you guys. And then uh, we didn't make you, you know, uh, decriminalize it. You guys all chose to. Um, federally, it's going to get decriminalized probably within. I think it's going to get decriminalized federally before Biden gets out of office. I think that would be the last one of the last major things he does. And then um, individually through each state, as you're already seeing, it will just slowly decriminalize, decriminalize. I mean, Oregon already just says, fuck it, and just decriminalize all the drugs, period. They're just like, fuck it, we don't, we don't even care. Like, you want to do math, you want to go. Yeah, you want to go do heroin, shoot up, shoot up. We don't even care no more. And, you know, my my opinion on drugs is they are bad, but what can we tell you 
when you're doing stuff, if you're doing stuff in your own house, what can someone say to you? You know, it's really no different than anything else. As long as you're not hindering anybody else, what does it matter? It's your body. You know, it's your, it's, it's, it's you, it's your choice. You know, if you want to, if you want to lose your teeth and be scratching and look terrible, as long as you're not out here doing no crazy shit, I don't even see why we care. So, you know, that's, and that's my, that's my, you're supposed to care story. about everybody book. You're supposed to care about everybody's well being. Jesus. You about to go to church. I mean, I do. Well, you over not, here. I mean, hey, yeah. the Man, have the reverend talk to this brother because he's he's over. He wishy washy him damn self. You in politics, bro? You in politics? Hey, gonna hey, gonna be coming on this on this damn podcast every every week, preaching positive mindsets, positive mind or outcomes, and then you over here talking about just wishy washy like whatever. It's everyone for themselves. Like what? Doing heroin in your house or smoking weed? Like you demoting? You're not disrupting. You demoting the thought process. That's your choice. Demoting the thought process. The problem is they leave the house. You should be ashamed. They don't just stay in. If you're strung out, you're not going to be like, oh, the walls look so amazing. You're going to be like, I need to see the sun. The grass was talking to me yesterday. I want to talk to it again. That's fine, too. He, he can he can go talk to the grass. Just don't disrupt my grass. So, yeah. They, they, where I left off. Yeah, they, they can go... You know, they could go play on the grass, you know what I'm saying? As long as it's not my grass, <laughs> and as long as it's not, you know, somebody else's, you know, private property, then we all good. You know, go look at the flowers, look at the walls, you know, enjoy that stuff. You know what? We we sit on our phone too much anyways, you know, so maybe he's on to something. Okay. I'm just saying, you, you're out here always talking about positive mindsets. You all here like it's it's me against the world over here. I'm like, god damn. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, that that could be a positive mindset, you know. You you do a little heroin, now you're positive. You on some other stuff, bro. You on some other shit. Oh, all right. Anyways, well fine then. But how are y'all feeling about the pardons, decriminalization, weed in general? Do you guys feel like, you know, we're entering a new era? Is this a good thing for the black community? Please let us know. We are very interested to see how you guys feel about it. Um, but before we go, uh, we didn't, we introduced Monica, but we didn't really introduce her. Um, so I'm going to let her talk about her podcast and what it's about. And maybe we'll have some little quick dialogue with her and then we'll get out of here. So go ahead. Tell the people what what's what you're all about. As I said before, the name of my podcast is Soft Life Me. I created it to establish like a community of women who are going through like a journey of healing and self-care and just creating a safe space for us. Uh, it's a place for women to feel, to tap into their like feminine energy Um. And I'll talk about Jesus on there a little bit since we're talking about preachers and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I got a question. Do you feel like females aren't as feminist as they should be? Like they're, they're becoming more like men? I don't... I think in some aspects, yes. 
Uh, but I don't think it's because women want to be more masculine. I think it's because they don't have a choice. Please, please do tell. Uh, do I was, tell. I was gonna. I gotta before you go. I got a question. I was gonna get and chime in on there right there. So, are you saying that because you feel like men are failing women and causing them to have to be more masculine, or is it something else? And when you say, and another thing is when you say women, are you specifically saying all race women? Are you targeting the black community women? Because I, I do feel like the black community women are much harder than any other race of women out there, but for other reasons. But I just want to hear what you have to say about it, though. To answer your first question, I think because of the fact that men aren't assuming their positions as like the leaders, that women are taking control. Mm -hmm. You got to think about it. More women have degrees. Women are earning more or just as much as went as a uh, man. Um, wait, what was the second question? Interesting. Is this focused on just the black community, or do you are you talking about all women now? internationally i think all women are dealing with this problem but it's definitely more prominent in the black community specifically because you have a lot more single moms in the black community than you do in any other race or or demographic okay i'm gonna play devil's advocate for two minutes because that's just what i do so you're saying women earn more degrees and they earn more money however on the national public view women aren't being treated equally and they are on pay and things of that nature so what's your take on that they don't women let me tell you just from my experience i I'm have to work 50,000 times harder just to get recognition in my workplace it's some people at my job some men specifically at my job that don't do jack diddly squats and they get praised on a daily basis. But I do 50,000 things and it be, and I make one mistake and it's, oh, oh, Monica did this. Monica didn't do this right. So yeah, like we, but I, go ahead. Go ahead, finish, I'll let you finish. Okay, so cause on the contrary to that, AB seen it. I've seen it. Where it's it's quite the opposite that females get, especially we when we were in the military. Uh, there's been women that were getting awarded or praised uh, for not doing shit. Um, so I I think it's a balancing act. It's you know so it just depends on the situation. Like when you're in corporate America, of course uh, I give it to you. Yes, men are probably gonna get praised more than most than women are, because you know it's it's it like-minded people. That's how corporations kind of operate. You know, or you like who you know, what you know type. It's not it's who you know, not what you know. But I feel like there are plenty of circumstances where women are getting praise way more for certain things than when women or than men are. I remember um, when I was when I was at A1C or me and AB were both A1C right before we went to Afghanistan. Uh, we had a chick because we me and her were under uh, the same review plan for BTZ um, below the zone for those that aren't military. And uh, this chick was on a I'm going to say it on a nice note, uh, mentally challenged. 
Uh, she was not that smart, not that bright. Couldn't do her job a lick. But got a base award for God knows what. And even in her acceptance speech was like, yeah, I really don't know why I got this, um, but I appreciate it. And it's like, what the fuck? How this, how this chick going to get BTZ? And she don't even know how to do her job. Like, when I tell you we're in Afghanistan, we in Afghanistan, we are our first night on post. We in Afghanistan, you in the combat zone, everything. This chick forgets her magazine to her pistol and was like, oh, I left it in the room. I didn't know we needed it. How the fuck you in a combat zone and you don't think you need bullets in your goddamn gun? And this is the person that won BTZ. And th- like I said, it's sir. I'm not saying that, that like it's everywhere that where, you know, women, there's certain, certain circumstances where females, of course, y'all get dogs. I, I hear you. I hear some. But I feel like some sometimes you guys plays devil advocate like the pendulum is sometimes gets even. But you guys be trying to make it seem like it's lopsided sometimes. So it, I think it's situational and it just depends on what what environment you're in. Because AB can sit here, we can go all day about this, and I'm not going to try to, that there are some circumstances where women are favored way more than men. Well, in that situation, possibly. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I mean, did you get a a base level award? No, I did not. Well, that tells you that. She she got it. I don't know why she got it. She got a base level award for nothing. (laughs) She she didn't do anything. Basically, basically what happened was... (laughs) A master sergeant liked it her and was like, let me write this package for you so you can get this award. That's all it really was. Mm-hmm. She None of the shit she did, she didn't do none of that shit. She oh, was so a... She was just I'm playing just the gonna... man's game. You just say it. Men in the corporate world, it's about who you know. So she knew the right people. She playing the same game as you. And because she got an award and you didn't, now you're like, oh, women get better. They get better special treatment. I didn't say all women. I said, I said, I said certain circumstances. In this circumstance, you just played the game. You, so basically, same thing that you complaining about. What about men? You work, you do a hundred percent. That was you. You were talking about you at your job. Men don't be doing half the shit and be getting praise, and then you be busting your ass off. You so you catch the frustration and the anger. Well, we so were you're, talking you're, about that in relation to how women have to actually like assume the masculine position. Do I'm you just like saying, masculine you're, women? You're, That's the better question. No, I don't. I can't, I can't stand them. I hate women that think that you know they can do everything that a man can do. In Why? Most a, hate is a very strong word. Why? Because I don't, I feel like they're set, I don't want to say they're set roles. I think it's a balancing act. It's a team. Uh, you got to have your Shaq and Kobe. You got to have your LeBron, Dwayne Wade or whatever. But I feel like if I'm LeBron James or I'm Shaq, then I, you need to play your role. Like, I don't want you to think that you're just going to take over a game. Like, it's cool if I need you to take over a game to to win it. I'm not, I don't have the honor because I don't have it for this night. That's cool. But when you're trying to out try to outcompete me every day, and you think that your what you your whole thought process and terminology is is where it's at, and you're you're causing friction between us when we're supposed to work together, I don't I think that's hinders you. I don't think that helps you out in this in a relationship. Well, I, I'll get in here real quick because 
you know, y'all, y'all are going back and forth. I'll be the mediator real quick. But uh, I mean, I what I'll say is, is that when it comes to the men and women dynamic, I feel like feminism has been kind of one of those things where it's good and bad. Um, yes, women's rights is important. You guys shouldn't be treated as lesser human beings. I don't like at all, you know, like you guys have brains, you guys can lift things, you guys are very capable just, but there are just some areas where it just, it's, it's, you got to have a guy to do that, or, you know, it's more appropriate for a man to do that. And I think that is where we have kind of gone left and right in the modern age, because we're just blurring these lines now where it's like, it doesn't matter. And it, but sometimes it really does matter. Um, you know, and it just depends on, and this is where like the fairness and like, you're starting to see it. And like, we had a topic, for instance, remember the transgender in the Olympics? Uh, we had a topic on that. Mm -hmm. And like, we were talking about, is it fair to allow someone to, who says they're a woman or says they're, you know, a man, these genderless roles, you know, compete against other women, but he's actually, but she was a man, you know, and that's, and that's where I think we're just starting to just get a little bit too far. And I'm not judging those type of people. I'm not saying anything bad about them. And I'm not saying anything, you know, negative towards them. Because if that's the life you want to live, that's that's on you. But um, it's an unfair criticism sometimes when women try to, like, bash on men for me. To me, it's an unfair criticism when women try to bash on men. When it's probably, in some ways, harder to be a man than it is to be a woman. There's just a lot more pressure on you to succeed compete win than there is you know for women you know it's more of a supportive role and and maybe you don't feel that way and maybe all the women listening don't feel that way but i do feel like it's more of a supportive role for you guys than it is for and then some women sometimes slide in there and get into the to the provider role but i think when they get to that that space it's toxic because they're it's not really conducive for what for them, but that, how, how, do you agree with that or? Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, women, I I this is my personal opinion. I don't think women are naturally made to be in the provider in the leadership role. Yes, there are women who have the natural ability to lead, but when it comes to their actual relationships that they're in, they're not trying to be the provider. They're not trying to take care. They're not trying to, they're not trying to be the man. Like it's, they're not trying to compete with their significant other. They just want to be in the supportive role, the nurturing role, and really just being in their feminine energy. I don't know. Do y'all even understand what I mean when I say like feminine energy? Well, hey, you want to be treated like a woman. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, or, you know, you don't want, yeah, like hard, like, I, I don't know, like hard is the word, because you, you call this the soft life me, so I would assume that counter opposite, that would be a hard life, which would be like maybe you struggle, uh, I'm on the right path there. Are you asking or are you telling? Yeah, I mean, no, the I opposite asking. of a, me? No, I'm not. Monica, I'll, I'll let you answer that one. Are you asking me? No, I'm not muted. Huh? I, the opposite of a soft life is a hard life. 
And the only reason women get into that, into the hard provider life is because they have to. I can tell you, right? I'm pretty sure I can walk up and down this hotel, find a woman, and she'll tell you, I ain't trying to do every single thing on my own, have everything on my back, carrying every single thing. If she want to, she will probably tell you that I'm just trying to be, I don't want to say laid up, laid up. (laughs) You want me to cook something? I'll cook something. Not that all women like to cook. Or, I mean, relaxing and making sure everybody else is good. She not trying to, I don't know, she just... She ain't trying to do everything and, and have every single responsibility. So what you what you promote, and I, I agree with, like you need to be feminist. You need to be the supporter, the provide, not the provider. You know, in a sense, you're still a provider because you're a provider of, you know, making sure kids is taken care of. You know, your husband is eating good or whatever. But I also feel like there is a, I wouldn't say a high percentage, but a, a pretty good chunk of women out there that just honestly feel like a that kind of make it hard for men to get to that feminine spot just for the simple fact that they've been doing it for so long or whatever you know you do have those women that have been taking care of their kids so when a dude tries to come in there and try to be like hey i'm the head of the house you get that pushback for the simple fact that you're like who are you to i've been doing this by myself for you know the last eight years if you, or depending on how how long they had their kids until where it creates that friction between the two because it's like yo we trying to we trying to under or not understand we're trying to build these these roles like we finally together like i love you for you i want to be with you this is my expectation on the world and then so you get some some females that you know kind of it caused friction just for the simple fact that They've been doing it so long that they feel like a dude's just trying to come in there and change everything that they, they've they already built. So I feel like, and then you also got some of those women that just be out there, just be like, I could do anything that a man could do. And uh, you, you're not my daddy. I don't need no, I don't need no man telling me what to do. Yeah. Examples. It's the same concept as a, like you, do you ever hear guys say, I don't like dating a woman who's been through a lot of trauma because it's so hard. Oh boy. It's the, it's the same concept of that. Like it's hard to, once you have those uh, like negative attributes, it's hard to unlearn that. So when you do get with somebody who's a real provider, you're like, oh, this is toxic. Oh, this is not right. Oh, I, I don't know about this. And then you get some of those women that be out there thinking that because you know, the man's supposed to be the head of the house that, you know, they just like, uh, I want to say a slave, but you know, like they don't feel like, like they should be taking orders from some man. Like, Oh, we're eat Like, you know, I was, I've, I've learned, or I've heard the analogy, like men are the head, but the women are the neck. Like without the neck, you can't do anything. The head can't do anything, can't move or whatever. But I, I feel like a lot of women don't, don't learn that thought process or that analogy and to just think that just because like men are trying to become the head of the house like they're they're no they're not a maid they're not no no slave type ordeal so it kind of hinders the relationship too i i got one more thing and then we can close this out because we could go all day on this but i think also in the black community and this is almost a counter opposite. You see a lot of these movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And what do you always see from the black women in the shows? 
you know, they're always screaming, I'm an independent black woman. I don't need no man, blah, blah, blah. They're all hard and tough. And I mean, you think about like movies like Set It Off or like any, like any movie where like they just have like a, a, a black woman in it, period. You know, it's, they're, they're never like really soft. They're never really feminist. They're just always like hard and tough and gangster, like with, along with the main person. So I feel like that's also another reason why the black community struggles so hard is because we dramatize these things that aren't really true. And, and that's why, you know, we've lost the value. I feel like the black community has lost the value of marriage and relationships and family. And we just, we don't, we all just want to be rich, famous, and and on the man side, you just want to be rich, famous, and fucking bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 what we glorize. And on the woman's side, you want independent, but then it's like you guys have like these like super criteria. Like oh, if I want a man, he's gonna be six six. He's gonna have a six pack. He's gonna you know uh, have dated you know uh, every rich famous person out there. But he wants me though over all of them. And and I don't cook, I don't clean. He pays my car notes and buys me Birkin bags and pays my rent. Then it's like, who, who does that person even exist? You know, it's just like it's just so back and forth and just so counterintuitive. It's just so one end of the spectrum and then the other end of the spectrum. It doesn't even make any sense. If women don't have the examples in TV of how Black marriages and Black relationships actually work, then they have to figure it out on their own. So the concept of them only wanting six whatever guy who makes this amount of money who does this job is because they don't know, like, oh, he doesn't necessarily have to be this tall, but if he has this quality. Like, they're, from personal experience, I think... We just be making it up sometimes. Like if you don't have if you don't have that example in front of you, how are you gonna know what it's supposed to look like? I think it's the big people to blame is them loving hip hop shit shows and all the motherfucking facts. Uh basketball wise, because then it glorifies like you basically just being a you just basically sitting at home not doing shit and you getting to live this luxurious lifestyle going on all these motherfucking vacations and shit like that and it's like nah it's not like that the only person that's gonna be like that is probably savannah james and even then she probably like she probably out there still making moves it's just not as glorified as lebron so i just think that like if people they are getting misrepresented and they are getting their what they're seeing is very misguiding and it's setting them up for failure i would um, love for them so to totally have a tv that. show i just feel like producers will probably try to like put some drama in there to you know like keep viewers but i i love savannah james she's amazing like she's literally goals and i think that's why a lot of people hate on on the james family and personal because you don't have lebron out here being accused of uh cheating on savannah you know, you know, you got Riri that would be like blatantly like, oh, I love LeBron. And he like, yeah, stay away from me. And then, you know, it's always positive. Like it, they're not the the was the Angelo Ball getting arrested in motherfucking China because, you know, he thought he was a top notch and steal some Gucci out of a store or some st- shit like that. Like they pretty much do everything right. Um, other than that, it's mostly just like, oh. Why Bronny have to, or why uh, 
yeah, why Ronnie have to be with a white girl for prom or, you know, this, this, and that. So it's like minimal shit. Like, you really can't judge them on anything other than some petty shit. Imagine Rihanna saying, I love LeBron. And he said, no, thanks. You talked about that last week. If Rihanna said, hey, baby, you would have been over there. I would have been over there. I would have been. I would have wrote a book about it. I'd be like, sorry, guys. You know, it's my my journey. This I was going through some demons, and you know, this, this, and that. But it's Rihanna. You like, you can't just pass up on Rihanna like that. But I mean, Savannah is a very beautiful woman too. So I mean, you can't really. And he, at least he knows at the end of the day that Savannah is actually there for him. It's you know, it's not just because of being a basketball wife or you know, just trying to be on love and hip hop, trying to make all this money for you, so you don't have to work at nothing. So that's a blessing. But since we're about to wrap this up, I got a question for you, Monica and AB. We got three months left into the year. How are you guys trying to end your uh, 2022? Hmm. Um, well, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I got a lot of uh, things I want to do. I do actually want to come out to Houston once and uh, spend it with a lot with family. Uh, the holidays are coming again as this year it flew by, but um, probably spend a lot of it with family, hang out with some friends, and you know, and uh, keep doing what I do. You know, I, I felt like I had a good year this year, and uh, I was able to accomplish a lot, and I moved the needle closer to what it, my personal goals are. So I feel like I, I feel like I accomplished a lot this year. So um, definitely gonna um, give myself some uh, self love there, and my thirtieth birthday is coming up, so. I got to get ready, prepared for where, that. Where are we going for the 30th? Man, I want to go to the Maldives, man. I really do. Uh, but I don't know. It might be a little bit too short notice. But, you know, I got some cigars ready. You know what I'm saying? I got a, I got a fit in mind that I want to rock. It, it, so, so if I get the, if we go, it, it's on and pop. Let's do like Puerto, let's do Puerto Rico or something. Something that's like not in the States, but it's not going to break your arm or leg. Like, yeah, you know, the, the, yeah, I would do that. So I saw this. All right, never mind. This is an offline, offline conversation. <laughs> okay, but, okay. Uh, yeah. My bad. All right. <laughs> yeah, we we gonna okay. talk about. It. We gonna talk about. Miss Monica, what's your what's the last three months goal? Plans for the last three months of 2022. It's gonna be a lot of traveling. Oh yeah. Or your mindset, not just plans, because everybody, you know, of mindset. course, everyone goes. Spend time with family, but just like how you how you gonna attack the last, the last three months, three months of, of the year is not a struggle month. It is literally closing out. So like school, like I said, travel. My mind is not on anything super like crazy in the last three months. That's the coast. You coast through the last three months. I mean, unless you haven't been doing anything in the first few, but I've been working this whole year, so it's time for me to have some fun. Okay, okay. Well, for me, it's, of course, spending time with family. Of course, you got, you know, the big holidays, you know, the major ones. Um, I'm not a too big fan of Christmas because my birthday is a week before it. But, um, you know, I Mars, so I've been trying to make sure I glorify these holidays and, you know, try to spend as much time with family because, you know, for my childhood, you know, we spent Christmas, we spent all the major holidays around family and shit like that. So I'm trying to implement that. You know, get some family love, but also I kind of just want to prep myself up to attack next year stronger than ever. 
So, of course, I'm going to be doing a lot of reading in the offseason, a lot of ways to improve the podcast. And then, of course, uh, I hit the big 3-1 at the end of this year. So um, I'm trying to spend it with friends and family. I'm actually trying to do something not somewhat big, but a little bit big because most of my birthdays have just been like, oh, it's just another day of the week for me. So I'm trying to get out of that mindset and trying to actually cherish, you know, spending another year on Earth being allowed to spend time with loved ones and family so um they got that trying to improve this house a little bit more and more uh for the last year so come 2023 you know everybody can be like damn this shit crazy it's way different than what it was when you first got it so you know trying to involve every all platforms to become great i don't want to just be great in one area of life than the other so but that's what we uh, have for you on this episode. AB, do you have anything season. for the, the uh, finale? We know we transitioned off of YouTube, and there was a lot of people who were uh, liking the videos and stuff. But we, we're not – yeah, I know you guys were upset, but we're not abandoning the YouTube upset. page. We're going to put content on there. It's just going to be not the podcast. It's just the podcast. is going to be audio for now. Um, we were just having too many technical difficulties trying to do audio and video being away, being me and Malcolm aren't in the same states and stuff like that. So made it a little difficult. And we want to provide the utmost quality that we can provide. So we don't want to put stuff out there where we sound like we're underwater and the video quality is like 2001, uh, you know, PlayStation 1 graphics. So we're, we're trying to work our way back up to the video. So maybe one day, you know, we'll have better video quality and put episodes uh, on you back on YouTube. Um, but we appreciate you guys and, you know, stay safe, enjoy the holidays and, uh, positive mindset made positive outcomes. I don't, I don't have much more to say than that. Y'all know the drill. Thank y'all for having me. Check out my podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, and anchor. It is the soft life me podcast. They come out every other Thursday, so and by the time this episode comes come out, out, it will be out that Thursday. All right, because I'm gonna listen to it and then I'm gonna be critiquing. I'm gonna be in the, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be one of those ones in <laughs> no, the in ahead. the reviews. Like, mm, what about this? What about that? No, I'm just playing with you. But yeah, go check out her podcast. Everyone, you know, we always spread in love. It's not just there's no competition here. There's there's enough enough food at the table to go around. So of course we always if if there's any other podcasters out there that want to jump on the Forever Rich, by all means. Um, but you know your boy out here gonna be doing exactly what he said he's gonna do. So um, positive mindsets do make positive outcomes. This is the Forever Rich podcast, the grand finale of season four. Well. To be continued to uh, season five, we'll project that date out uh, when that first episode coming out at a later time. But it's a wrap. Deuces, guys. Oh, yes.